This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the niche details of modern warfare and underreported conflict with me, Jake Hanrahan. Today we're speaking to Adam Doyle. He is a researcher, an artist and the editor-in-chief of the Irish cultural magazine, skagmagazine.com. We're going to be speaking to Adam Doyle about the recent situation in Northern Ireland where loyalist paramilitaries have basically written a letter saying that they no longer adhere to the Good Friday Agreement and that they might potentially resort back to violence if the Brexit sea border isn't sorted out. It's a big, complicated mess. Have a listen. If you like what we're doing, please support us at patreon.com slash popularfront. So, so there's been, uh, what, last week, the, uh, the loyalist paramilitaries signed this open letter to Boris Johnson basically saying, we're no longer going to recognise the Good Friday Agreement because of the, the border in the sea, something to do with Brexit. Like, it, it's all quite confusing. Um, what is going on? What's been said? Yeah, the, the, the loyalist paramilitaries, so the, the letter was sent by a kind of coalition of loyalist paramilitary like command or whatever uh, i think it was like the loyalist command group or so it was some acronym like that they've they've joined together under to to kind of notify they sent one to uh boris johnson uh, in the uk and they sent one to uh the t-shock here michael martin essentially saying that they're going to back out of the good friday agreement um and that's quite significant uh it's sort of not unexpected uh, in the sense that things have been heating up for the last few weeks, but um, the the thing they've backed out of the agreement, they've backed out of uh, the Good Friday Agreement, uh, which is also known as the Belfast Agreement, is essentially the peace the peace deal or the or the treaty that's holding kind of the peace together uh, in the north since the troubles. Uh, so it took uh, nearly four years to actually like create this treaty i think they started in like 1994 and it wasn't finished until about 1998 and they did their best to sort of when i say they i mean uh the uk government the the government of the republic of ireland and then there was a lot of help from the uh the us government as well in like kind of creating this this settlement and they tried to get you know most of the political establishment of the the unionist loyalist community and their paramilitary sort of factions. And then the same for the, the nationalist community that like the, the IRA and, and, and different groups like that, uh, sitting down, essentially trying to work out some sort of agreement by which it would end all armed conflict. So the, the ultimate goal of, of the agreement was that the groups would cease all kind of active operations against each other and and, and against like whatever uh, the different states involved and they'd like decommission their weapons and in return for that there was a few things that like um were agreed on so like a lot of uh political prisoners were released from both sides um the republic of ireland kind of edited its uh constitution to remove um so they had an article they had two articles because in their constitution that said essentially laid claim to uh, like the area of Northern Ireland saying it should be part of the Republic of Ireland in our constitution. Those were removed. So that kind of 
relax people a little bit, like that that constitutional claim on the land was gone from the Republic side. And uh, the other like agreements were the reform of like the police force up there. So previously you had the uh, RUC, which was not popular with the nationalist community. It was, uh, it, it was the Royal Ulster Constabulary. And it was 90%, I think, uh, Protestant loyalist and 10% Catholic. So obviously there was like a huge uh, kind of, it was, it was very unbalanced in, in how they handled things. And there was a lot of the kind of collusion and, and mishandling and then kind of perceived, uh, perceived like kind of, uh, yeah, so it wasn't considered like an adequate police force. So that was gotten rid of and essentially they, they replaced it with the PSNI, which is the police service of Northern Ireland, which has, it's it's supposed to have 50 50 uh recruitment i think it does have 50 50 recruitment it's much more like um or it's, yeah it's 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 much more diverse in terms of like the two communities than the other one uh that it replaced and then the the kind of the most significant bit i suppose for this is that uh the agreement also uh outlined that there should be no security infrastructure along the land border um so all security infrastructure and that means like anything from like a, a little checkpoint with a lad in it to like you know uh, towers barbed wire all that stuff that had existed had to be gotten rid of um, and it couldn't be there again so there could be no hard border again and that kind of gave people that, that yeah that was significant for people especially nationalists in the north who felt that they were disconnected from the rest of the Irish people and they were kind of living in like the, the fact that the border was softened and like travel was allowed back and forth stuff like that and um, that made people feel a lot better and then other than that uh the main reforms the, the other main reforms of it were uh Stormont, the the northern irish parliament was kind of changed it was given a lot more control of its own affairs and it was uh there was an agreement done up where it would be kind of 50-50 between nationalists and unionists again, and, uh, and new parties were formed. So uh, the new parties were kind of, uh, the significant ones that are there now are Sinn Féin, who are, were previously the uh, political wing of the provisional IRA. So they're like the biggest Republican party. There's the SDLP, which are kind of more middle of the road nationalists. There's the DUP, um, which is, the kind of strongest unionist loyalist party, which was uh, founded by Ian Paisley, who was a very kind of prominent figure in the loyalist movement. Uh, and the UUP, uh, which is the Ulster Unionist Party, which is sort of the, the runner-up unionist party in terms of size. Um, and yeah, so the, the, these parties are, are the kind of current forces at work in Northern Ireland. And uh, it's from the DUP, that the sort of first rumblings of this sort of paramilitary reactivation kind of came from um there so if you don't if you don't know about the DUP it's the, it's the Democratic Unionist Party and they're extremely compared to the other parties they're quite compared to the other parties both in the north and in the UK they're quite right wing they're very socially conservative they're very kind of anti-nationalist um they're very, yeah just very old school they kind of they were founded off the principles of kind of protecting the kind of protestant state for a protestant people attitude that 
the North was kind of founded with. Let, let me just say as well here, like this isn't a, a, a biased thing in any sense. I know a lot of people listen to this and think, oh, well, you're Irish. I'm obviously of like Irish family. No, like they are un unquestionably extremely right wing. Like the DUP, just if you don't believe it, go and look them up. Like they, they even, they don't, some of them don't even believe in um, like evolution and stuff, right? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's it, it, see, it's it's and that's why people vote for them as well. I'm not saying that like in a disparaging way. Like oh, they're they're that, that's why people vote for them. They 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 want them to be socially conservative because mm. they're protecting that kind of way of life up there. And yeah, the the kind of not believing in evolution. That's maybe one or two of them. But that's the that's the kind of uh, very sort of creationist, nearly Christian fundamentalist element of it. Like they're they're very Protestant and they're very. Uh, kind of British they like they love British stuff like kind of being British being in, in Britain they don't want anything to do with the the, the rest of the, like the nationalist community or the Republic of Ireland like God forbid that kind of thing um, and yeah so they, they they've they kind of char they've characterized themselves sort of by not budging on on anything really um, uh, for the last 20 years okay they're just trying to keep the status quo more or less uh as close as they can to what it was in the past and uh they were heavily in favor of brexit so when when brexit kind of came on the scene like came came into the public sort of consciousness with all the the flags and the you know the and like i don't have an opinion like i'm not british so i don't have I, my opinion on brexit doesn't matter but at the start of that whole process, there was a lot of kind of, you know, saber rattling, flag waving, kind of talking about, you know, you had people talking, comparing it to World War II and, and that kind of rhetoric. And there was no way that the DUP and by extension, the loyalist sort of community weren't going to kind of fall for that hook, line and sinker because that's the kind of, uh, the kind of rhetoric and the kind of, um, ideas that they're kind of primed to to understand like that's that's quite a big part of their identity and i think now that uh now that it's kind of ending there's a lot of kind of confusion up there so i'll, I'll explain a little bit what happens uh, with brexit so in terms of in terms of brexit uh the that the idea of leaving the eu and and kind of britain becoming more british are, are recovering some of its lost I don't know, uh, imperial majesty or that, that kind of thing really appealed to them. But um, kind of what they what sort of ended up happening was they were sort of manipulated kind of by the, the Tory party, I think. I think uh, once they, I know it was a bit their own fault as well. Like Theresa May's deal, uh, I think in 2016, she proposed like kind of a, a backstop Brexit, where they'd have like the the UK would stay for a time inside the the EU customs area, and the DUP rejected that. They were like, "No way, we want like you know a full, we want a proper Brexit kind of." And they were kind of falling in line with Boris Johnson in that respect. And then what ended up happening was fast forward to like uh, December, they were finalizing the agreements, and there was the, still the matter of like where the where the border was going to go. Now, in the real world, there was no way 
the border was going on the island of Ireland. There was no way they were going to create a land border between uh, the Republic of Ireland, which is in the EU, and Northern Ireland, which is in the UK. There was no way the customs border was going there. Um, that would be like a, just on its in itself, it would be a violation of the the Gulf Friday agreements. Uh, no security infrastructure along the border, but it would also be just a mental thing to do in terms of as soon as that infrastructure goes up, you know, someone's going to blow it up, and then you're going to need someone to like protect the infrastructure, and someone's going to blow them up, and it like things could escalate very quickly into just shit. Like so, there there was no way it was going there, and the other place it could go was the sea, which for some reason the entire kind of like run up to this Boris Johnson had been kind of saying there's no way over my dead body like there's no way a border is going in the sea but like realistically the only other place it could go was kind of the sky or something where it, was, it wasn't going to go there so it ended up in the sea that's what they have now Um, there's been a lot of kind of weird so like they as soon as that happened the DUP were like damn because now we're separated. So essentially they've got this sea border which separates. So despite being uh, kind of within the UK's territory, Northern Ireland is inside the EU for like customs purposes. So mm. if things are coming from, say, the, the the mainland Britain and they're they're crossing over into Ireland, into Belfast or, or Larne or whatever, those goods have to be checked. This is causing delays. And, and symbolically also, it's kind of cut the North from, it's cut, it's cut Northern Ireland from the rest of the UK. And it's kind of, it, it made them kind of outside of, of, of the gang, uh, of the rest of the, 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 the groups in the UK. So are the, the nations in the UK. So this has caused like absolute mayhem. So the DUP are like, railing against this and i feel like they're they were kind of being ignored or or kind of a uh, like blown off a bit by Boris johnson in terms of he was going he was talking shit about like oh we're going to build like a a bridge that goes all the way across uh last year which they're not going to do and then he was talking about like this really vague kind of electronic border that they could have on the land in between the like that we didn't expand on it any more than that so that was kind of just nonsense as well and then most recently he was talking about a tunnel building a tunnel under the sea uh between like and just none, none of these things are, are going to happen so essentially kind of what he was getting around to saying was that the sea border is it's just there and kind of deal with it so they they're feeling quite betrayed now by the conservative party in the uk by boris johnson's party they're they're feeling like they've kind of been left out in the cold um so for the last few weeks things have kind of really been um heating up in terms of the DUP's kind of rhetoric around this. So Yeah, I, the, the last I read, there was some guy that from the DUP, I believe, basically said, like, you know, we need to resort to guerrilla warfare and then said, oh, no, I didn't mean actual guerrilla warfare. It was a metaphor or some bullshit, right? That was a part of this whole kind of rhetoric ramping up, right? Yeah, so that was uh, Sammy Wilson, uh, who is a DUP uh, politician. And uh, he essentially called for, yeah, exactly like you said, guerrilla warfare against the, the protocol uh, or the sea border and the Northern Ireland protocol, which has created it. Um, and, you know, maybe in like another another place, in another country, like, I don't know, maybe even the mainland UK, that'd be fine. You know what I mean? Like you could say that people would understand what you meant. But he's kind of, in the context of, of, you know, 
the North, which has come out of a 30-year violent guerrilla war. <laughs> and uh, they've it, it's been looming over them ever since. Uh, that's it, it's obviously not a metaphor. He knew exactly what he, he was kind of thought he was being witty or smart or stuff, something like that. But like saying something like that in a place like that is about it's kind of as smart as like setting off fireworks in the airport or something. Like you kind of might think it's funny until you know shit goes south. Mm. Um, and that's that's kind of what he's done. Um, in terms of that was a couple of days before uh, things started really ramping up. But you could kind of tell then that he was saying that on purpose. He was he was saying he's playing it off like oh yeah it's it's a metaphor you know it's it's just I'm just like passionate about this or whatever but he was appealing to this kind of paramilitary element of the loyalist community and and, and kind of asking them to 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 kind of step in and then with the when the letter went out that's exactly what happened so essentially these loyalist paramilitaries backed out. They, the kind of conditions that they gave were that um, uh, I think it was three. So whatever the it was, Loyalist Communities Council that actually sent the letter. They've sent one to to Ireland, one to England. Um, what are they actually saying in the letter? They're in, in the letter. They're saying essentially like they want uh, the Northern Ireland Protocol to be completely scrapped. So they want this uh, border in the sea. Essentially, the kind of stuff that's underpinning the Brexit deal, uh, they want it scrapped. Uh, they, they're they sort of framing it as the EU. It's like uh, the somehow the EU is occupying, like as opposed to, like this is the deal that, that Boris Johnson signed, you know what I mean? This is a deal that he made. Um, Theresa May had offered an alternative deal nobody wanted it this is the deal that they've ended up with um, this is the deal that you know Boris Johnson kind of was sort of saying was a success and there's no way that there's no way that the, the protocol is going to be scrapped it's there's, there's not a chance like unless they want to go back to, to renegotiate the whole thing so essentially this is like a this is sort of just a tantrum but the what the letter actually says is um, if the EU is not uh, kind of prepared to honour the entirety of the Good Friday Agreements, um, then they will be responsible for the permanent destruction of the agreement. Now, that's kind of twisting twisting the truth a little bit because there isn't anything in the Good Friday Agreement that says anything about not having a border in the sea. Um, so, but they're, they're kind of adamant that it would be the EU's fault if the uh, if the Good Friday Agreement is destroyed, and, and by destroying the Good Friday Agreement, uh, they one hundred percent mean violence. Uh, unless you know uh, they're going to get up and start building a hard border, which I'd say is less likely than them kind of returning the violence. So uh, they, that's that's at the moment it's it's not it's not a serious threat. Like this isn't like they're going to be out tomorrow attacking things but it's certainly a step in the wrong direction and the you the, the the loyalist paramilitaries in question um they're very large especially compared to uh compared to like the republican groups twelve and a half thousand people are currently members um of uh loyalist paramilitaries quite a significant amount of people like and, and for context that's a, that's a big organization on the island of ireland like 
for context, the Irish Army itself has about 7,300 members in it. Mm. So, like, having an organization with 12,500 members or active members, that's quite significant. 12,500 members on paper is not 12,500 people with firearms or explosives. From that 12,500, most of them are probably not ever going to do anything. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. But it only takes... Uh, it only takes a handful of people to create quite a lot of mayhem, especially like Definitely. what they've been doing. So what they, what they've been, um, this is more alleged than proven. Uh, but what they've been alleged to have been doing, uh, was going to the customs, uh, border. So I think there's a customs area in Larne. So when the, when the trucks are, uh, stuff crosses over, there's, there's people there and they're, they're checking the trucks and stuff like that. And that's, that's essentially an EU customs border. So they've gone down there, um, photographed the, um, photographed the uh, registration plates of people working there, people like involved, uh, collecting information on them, and then leaving graffiti around the place, saying like the, the that the staff essentially at these um, port facilities are are their legitimate targets essentially, and that's not like proven like the, the, the graffiti is there and there's there's there is reports of that happening and, and i've heard i've definitely heard quite a bit from like pretty reputable sources that there is sort of this ramping up in sort of surveillance and preparation especially like kind of, kind of organizing on um encrypted messaging apps and stuff so like as you say obviously twelve thousand five hundred, they're not all gonna like you know take to the streets but what might happen and, and, and certainly a good indicator is that as the kind of dissatisfaction grows, you have these organized, this large organization. And then as the COVID lockdown eases, as people kind of get back out and about and stuff like that, you could see large scale, large scale kind of street demonstrations, stuff like that. And then that could just, that could turn into rioting, that could go quite south, uh, that could turn into violence. And it, it doesn't take much in terms of like provoking a response as well. Like if there's, because the way it's been framed currently like realistically their enemy isn't the eu or dublin or you know republicans or like none of that none of that is relevant in this current thing it's kind of between them and london but by the, the nature of their their ideology I, I don't think they're going to be able to to figure that one out like in terms of uh just just in terms of there isn't much way there isn't much of a way to direct like loyalist pro-british sentiment against london this what we were speaking about the other day like i was saying kind of jokingly what they're gonna do attack the sea but like really who are they gonna fucking attack so they're pro they're obviously very very pro england pro empire all of that um they're loyalists you know they they want to stay um a part of england um or a part of the uk and at the same time, they're, you know, kind of political representatives, although to be fair, a lot of the unionist, unionist community don't really like the DUP for whatever reason. But they're, you know, for the sake of argument, their political representatives in Northern Ireland were very pro-Brexit. Now they've got Brexit. Now they don't like the fact that there's a border kind of in the sea which separates their part of Northern Ireland from Britain, right? So, you know, it's a bit of a tricky one. What, the, what are they going to do? They're not going to attack British troops. They're not going to attack the PSNI. Probably not. I mean, maybe. But the way I see it, if this does get out of hand, I think they'll just go, right, all right, fuck it, then we'll just attack the Republicans again. Because 
they've said, okay, we'll destroy the Good Friday Agreement. So now what do we do? Well, you know, we'll go and start the war again. We'll start it with the Republicans. You, do, you know, that's not exactly their main target, but it's how they get attention. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Well, it, it, it essentially just could end in, in a violent kind of tantrum situation. And yeah. the, the danger, like the, the this kind of thinking of, um, oh, you can kind of see it. It's kind of this like kind of nearly like QAnon-esque sort of thinking where like it's not just, you know, everything goes back to the Republicans. You know what I mean? They're like the secret the kind of hand behind everything, like controlling things. So like, this is like, this isn't just a, a fuck up, like in terms of UK internal policy, it's, you know, the Republicans in the EU are like conspiring together to kind of, you know, and they got like, so there is, there, there's definitely a chance. I'd say the most likely target will be that infrastructure at the port. I'd say uh, they'll, they'll just, if they're going to do anything, they're going to go and, either shoot someone there or blow it up or you know something like that and that would be bad and that 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 just um that could accelerate the situation into into like extremely dangerous territory like and yeah what you're saying about like the du so the dup is kind of they're going out on a limb here in terms of they represent or they claim to represent the the unionist loyalist uh kind of section of of uh, society in Northern Ireland. So that's about 50% of people. Um, 50% of people in the North don't have anything to do with paramilitaries or, you know, any of this. Like people have businesses, they have like, you know, they have to go, get up in the morning, go to work. They're wondering like, you know, when are they going to get back to work? Like, is it going to be hard to like import things from a business? Can I export things? That kind of, they don't want to hear their elected representatives flirting with like paramilitary like essentially the, the DUP is using the the threat of paramilitary violence as kind of a club to kind of elicit the response they want from the UK government and the EU they want to kind of create a scene and be like kind of listen to us we want this like and, and as you say they're kind of they're kind of asking to have their cake and eat it too and I think this is going to lead to a lot of disillusionment with them in inside the the loyalist community because people are going to recognize that not only did they push for this brexit kind of blindly pushed for it but once it was delivered they kind of like pretended that there was nothing to do with them like it's gonna what the hell happened like you knew they knew that was gonna happen they knew that was gonna happen as soon as it was proposed because the other factor and the, the reason that uh london isn't gonna budge on it is uh the United States, um, Joe Biden, and uh, like a, a lot of people in, in Joe Biden's White House, they had quite a substantial input on the actual Good Friday Agreement and the peace process and, and putting that all together. And they've kind of said firmly to London that if the, if the, the Good Friday Agreement is put in danger, there, there's going to be like serious difficulty getting a trade agreement uh, signed with the United States after, like now that, that Britain has left the EU. So that, that's kind of been held over them. There, there's no way it's going to, you know, they're going to get what they want. But the, yeah, the danger here, I suppose, is that ultimately it's not going to be the 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 DUP or the, the MLAs that are saying this, the politicians that are saying this, that guess they're not, you know, they're not going to do anything. It's going to be working class young people that are either going to end up in jail for the rest of their lives. They're going to end up getting killed. They're going to end up get, killing someone else. And this is kind of like, 
really like really unethical way of, of dealing with this problem like it's just amping up tensions in 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 an area where there's already like really high tension and like the the, the other thing is that this is exactly what like they, they are right in the sense that this is what like uh kind of republicans want like all, all republicans have to do is just kind of keep their powder dry and and watch this all unfold because they haven't really got a dog in this fight. It's it's between London and uh, Belfast, and but ultimately it's it's put a lot of distance between Belfast and the rest of the UK, and that's that's what people want. And if the DUP continues kind of this trajectory of uh, just appeal, like appealing to paramilitaries, appealing to kind of these non-state actors, and ignoring their constituents, or at least ignoring any like kind of like it's not constructive. Do you know what I mean? It's not constructive to be going on to paramilitaries and, and you know, encouraging them or, like, saying things about guerrilla war. Like, people don't want to hear that. People want to hear, like, actual semi-solid, like, plans or maybe, like, a plan about moving forward or, like, what's going to happen with my business or, like, what is th- what's things going to be like at the end of the year? They don't want to hear that, you know, they don't want to hear their, their politicians essentially calling for political unrest because that, that's, not, that's not really going to gonna help at all it's it's just not constructive dialogue at all like yeah i agree and i think you've hit the nail on the head talking about kind of the younger generation specifically the working class in places like shankill etc the kind of loyalist uh stronghold if you like you know i've been to shankill and i certainly don't agree with uh the loyalists and they have a huge problem with the far right there but the point is even context wise like even the kind of young people that go there and say fuck the pope and burn an irish tricolor even them generally don't actually want a war you know we i think there's a lot of this people that don't know a lot about northern ireland or specifically a lot of um, americans that are kind of romantic about the troubles don't seem to realize that actually you know even outwardly militant people don't actually want to go back to the war and in the republican community certainly people don't want it we saw it when you know the so-called new ira killed lira mckee and basically the whole community came out and said stop fucking shooting people like violence is not the way we don't want it however um to get to my point i i think that whilst you know the rest of you know, standard Irish Republicans are kind of like, yeah, okay, let let the unionists and the loyalists fight amongst each other. I do think that the, you know, for want of a better word, the kind of Irish Republican dissidents, the guys that do still want to cause violence for whatever ideas they have, I think for them, they quite like this happening in terms of a violent perspective because, you know, they're edging to go back to war. They've been shooting at police, you know, what, three years ago, they detonated quite a large car bomb. You know, it, it's not that unusual that they're a kneecapping still. So I don't know. What, what do you think about that? The fact that maybe the, you know, the Irish Republican dissidents are quite enjoying this happening, but they don't want to keep their powder dry, as you say. They they might actually want to engage with this violence if it starts. Well, yeah, like there's going to be for sure when uh, when street demonstrations start. Like, I feel like you could be fairly confident that like street violence is, is going to break out. And the way like places like Belfast are structured, where you have like, you know, on one side of the road, you have one community, say like a Republican community or a nationalist community, and then on the other side you have a a, a Protestant community, it'll it'll more than likely start with like interface violence. So like the place where those two communities meet, people will like start scrapping each other, like things will start being thrown, marches will, you know, it, it'll be quite hard to control. And the, the, there's definitely a propensity for sectarian attacks within that uh, 
kind of process like like if people start fighting kind of in a non like organized fashion on the streets there there's definitely a propensity for like people who yeah like you said want to want to hurt want to war like uh there's def that that'll be like a, a field day for them potentially like if it's not if it's if it gets out of control uh the other thing as well that i imagine irish republican dissidents are, are waiting on is to see if so like the alternative to this sea border and this infrastructure there is on the actual border like so any move towards that or any kind of any kind of um walking it back that the eu and the and the um uh the eu and the uk do to, to walk back this like thing where maybe okay well maybe we could try put some infrastructure on the i don't know what they do but like anything that's gonna like start to threaten a hard border or are kind of threaten a united ireland then that's when they're going to jump in there they're waiting waiting in the wings for that to deliver the exact same kind of threats and violence that the the loyalist paramilitaries are delivering now um just when it's when when it's their patch that's kind of being threatened yeah and i i think unfortunately i i think that would in some ways legitimize the dissidents now you know i'm absolutely no fan of them as most people in northern ireland aren't People don't want to see more violence. You know, it's been proven that you don't need more explosive guerrilla violence to kind of free up the rest of the counties um, or however you want to see it. But, you know, if they do then actually build some infrastructure, you know, dissidents like them or not, then it can be then seen as a legitimate target in a way because that would go against the Good Friday Agreement anyway, right? So I, I, whilst I don't think that like, oh, this is really, really terrible, this is crazy, all war is going to break out, like you were saying at the start, this does look like the potential of like the very kind of bad start to the crumbling of the Good Friday Agreement on any side, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's it's way closer to like, like people are kind of, I, I noticed that the PS and I are kind of talking it down kind of saying like oh yeah well they don't really mean like you know they're gonna do but they're paramilitaries like you know what i mean like so it's kind of like a hammer and nails situation like they're once these organizations kind of get going and 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 start making moves and stuff they're realistically going to be violent like at the moment you're like at the precipice i guess of like i'm not saying it'd be full-scale war but like you, it could start kind of sliding kind of slowly into into shit like and similar infrastructure along the sea border then uh like people are gonna have to defend that you know the, the police are gonna have to be there like if so, say someone plants a bomb down there or shoots at it or you know that kind of thing uh the police are gonna be have to have to be there the next day and then you know it just takes a little bit more for like someone one of the police officers to get hurt and then the army's there and then you can see the kind of trajectory where it could actually become quite a serious fight and and also actually the dup um i can't remember his name the agriculture minister for the dup essentially was put in charge of building permanent infrastructure along that sea border and he's kind of said i'm not doing that anymore so they're really hammering home this idea that they don't want the sea border anymore even though it's it's what they're going to get so what they can see is this could be they can either they can either kind of dial it back a little bit kind of uh realize kind of like look around the room and see like people aren't really it's not the 1970s it's not like people don't want to hear i feel i'm sorry i feel like the the vast majority of people don't want to hear that like you know paramilitaries are getting open arms 
uh, they don't like as you said it's not like it's not a romantic kind of thing like I think I think what a lot of people see from the outside is nearly this this sort of like um or they, they have this kind of like football team opinion of it like kind of oh I like these guys or I like these guys yeah. and they're like you know they, they fight each other and like uh, my, uh, you know I'm related to someone who's Irish so I'm on their side or I, I'm like English or so like the, uh, the, yeah whatever like but like I know especially like even from talking to people in my own family like talking to like uh, my ma or, or, like it, it's not looked on as like you know that was a great patriotic struggle like it, it, it's it's looked on as like that was really dark like literally for that whole like my ma's whole life growing up say every night on the tv would have been bombings and shootings and like it just like people are fatigued of it like obviously there's the political intention is still there either to to create like a a separate northern irish state within britain or to create a united ireland the political intention is definitely still there but i think the will for violence isn't there in the same uh the same quantity that it was say in the 1960s And and the stakes are a lot less high in terms of there is there like there is kind of universal civil rights there's a lot of problems but they're not they're like a lot of the problems can be kind of dealt with sort of in a in a in a cross community kind of way like like uh unemployment or or poverty or that that kind of stuff that's not a sectarian issue uh so like a lot of this stuff yeah there just there isn't the will there for 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 this kind of uh this kind of conflict I think anymore I think people just kind of want to get on with it yeah has, has there been any response from the Republican paramilitaries I know there's you know a whole sea of them at the moment very kind of disjointed and then also connected in other ways um, but generally they, they do release kind of joint statements around things like this has there been anything from them yet I haven't seen it uh, I would imagine they they're they're laughing all the way to Leeds like uh, I, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. say like at the moment this is like this is this is sorry like it's not funny but it's it, i can definitely see that it's 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 kind of like this is just bizarre like do you know what i mean like it's got to the stage like the republicans have had no they don't have a dog in this fight essentially this is like to do with like customs borders and like the uk and what the fucking westminster has agreed like stuff that they've signed like it's nothing to do with uh so they i i can't see anybody really weighing in on the, like even I actually haven't seen any uh, nationalist politicians even weigh in on the on the on the fact that the loyalists support. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to like take the piss out of them or anything, but it, it does remind me of the kind of that Spider Man meme where you know it's two Spider Man <laughs> pointing at each other because it's like you know you voted for this and now you got it, um, you know, and they don't like the implementation of it. Um, however, I, I will say like, you know, as a Brit specifically over here, we hear nothing about this. You know, we, we hear nothing about Northern Ireland. We're completely in the dark. I mean, I only know about Irish, you know, struggles and that just because of my granddad and that, you know, otherwise you don't learn about it in school. You hear nothing. Um, and I do think that the British government has, you know, largely completely been ignoring their unionist community. I mean, like them or not the the british government should be looking after them you know i remember when i was there i mean we're talking like fucking six seven years ago and people were saying like fuck the british government they don't care about us and honestly i don't think anything has changed you know what i mean i i can kind of see why they're pissed off outside of just the sea border thing absolutely yeah well this is just the latest in 
them kind of being second best to the rest of the UK in terms of like I'm pretty sure the well sorry no I'm not pretty sure I'm definitely sure that the like Northern Ireland as a whole is is the most impoverished uh, area of the UK the like all of the violence recently like previously would have been like political violence but like there's kind of an upward trend in 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 violence in the last few years and that's that's more to do with like poverty and under attainment in education and the kind of lack of support facilities that all that kind of stuff uh so for for a good while now like london hasn't gave a fuck really about uh belfast or, or, or northern ireland it's kind of like they're subsidizing it they don't really want it like it's such a small voter base as well like compared to the rest of the uk there's only i think there's only like 1.5 million people in uh in the north do you know what i mean so it, like when if you're someone like boris johnson or you're a policymaker in london it doesn't really cross your mind that like you can kind of tip the hat at them which i feel they do they're kind of like oh yeah we're unionists too like kind of whatever but they don't actually care like, like in terms of getting votes and stuff like that like it's just a non-entity like um the the only time they kind of buddied up to them recently was just to get support in parliament and now they've kind of ditched them again nobody wants to be friends with the dup uh Sinn Féin doesn't actually sit in the Westminster Parliament in in London they don't recognize that parliament as somewhere they should be involved with like they're 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 an all-Ireland political party and yeah times are times are kind of changing as well like in terms of there's a lot more because of that Good Friday agreement and, and all the advances that have been made there's a lot more like cross-border like a good example is like dairy. So the way dairy works now is like uh, the the actual milk is like produced like on farms in the north, but then it's it's put on a truck and brought to the south, sent to a or whatever like a, a, a creamery or a, a dairy plant made into milk and then sent back over the border to be either sold in the north or exported to the UK. And that's like, there's a lot of industries like that that are now like, because they were taking advantage of this kind of like non, just, just this porous border between the, like the North and the South. There's a lot of people who have built a livelihood um, or a career. There's a lot of people employing people based off stuff that goes back and forth across that border every day. It's kind of like, it, it's, it's, it's definitely, the lay of the land has definitely changed a lot. Like, and I think, this kind of this kind of lashing out and kind of dramatic stuff is definitely a sign that the 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 DUP is like completely out of step with the rest of like the, there's obviously like there's gonna be like violence and paramilitaries and stuff especially in like impoverished communities like communities that don't have a lot going for them but in the in the kind of the kind of more middle class or rural population there's there's a lot more like recently there's a lot more uh interaction with the south and also another thing like back in the back say in the in the in the 70s the the irish state was very much controlled by the church it was very like kind of getting verging on kind of an authoritarian sort of like theocratic regime in the south and it was catholic and was very like hostile to protestants not in like a violent way but definitely hostile to that uh, kind of ideology mm. and people in the north were like fucking terrified of you know if you're a protestant in the north the last place you want to be is the united ireland because you got like the bishops have so much power and 
you know, it, like you'd be worried that your way of life is going to be like completely destroyed. Whereas now there, there probably isn't that much actual difference between, you know, someone, you know, say a student in, in Queens College in Belfast and a student in UCD. Like there, there's not, there's not a huge kind of lifestyle difference. Religion definitely doesn't play into it that much anymore. Uh, or at all really like there's obviously it's a it's a good way of like distinguishing the two communities like but uh other than that like there isn't actually any like major religious concerns the south is a lot more liberal now than it was like a lot more kind of progressive in terms of just yeah there, there isn't as much like religious control um and now the north which was previously kind of the more progressive in like the 60s uh is now kind of lagging behind i feel like people are getting maybe a bit sick of there's that was definitely a, a portion of of the the loyalist community who's definitely sick of the dup and them kind of dragging their feet and not kind of like they're they're, they're not a party that produces any sort of new ideas if you get me like they're still using the kind of the old tricks and um, kind of from the, the the troubles era and they're not willing to budge on any of their policy or ideology. So I feel like they're going to lose a lot of traction now after this. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, taking all that uh, into account, the fact that this this DUP guy literally came out and said, yeah, you know, we'll have guerrilla warfare over this. And then, you know, oh, no, I didn't mean physical guerrilla warfare, which obviously he did. Like, it's so out of whack with... I mean, look, here's a good example, right? I, I probably mentioned this before, but it always made me smile. You know, being on both uh, in in the Ardoin, you know, the Irish Republican parts of Belfast, and then being on the Shankill um, in the Loyalist areas, on both sides, I saw the... Um, the graffiti FAP, right? Fuck all paramilitaries. And I, I came to understand it's basically just like young kids that just want to fucking get high and, you know, mess around and don't want to be beaten up or shot by paramilitaries for it. And, you know, when you've got the youth in the, in the council estate spraying that on the walls, and then you've got a fucking member of parliament for the DUP saying, yeah, we'll, we'll restart guerrilla warfare, basically. Oh, no, not physical guerrilla warfare. Like, even between them and the people, I know they're weird examples, but I do think it's relevant, you know what I mean? It just seems so... It just seems so backwards for them to be to be pushing this, you know? And they must have known that this letter was coming, you know? They must have known that letter was coming. Uh, yeah, well, it'd be, it'd be a funny coincidence now that he's kind of said guerrilla war and then all of a sudden <laughs> the loyalist paramilitaries weigh in, like... A very uh, big well, coincidence, yeah. Like, yeah, and, and like, as well, that, like, Sammy Wilson fellow, like, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be driving around his car with a fucking AK-47, like, you know sorting people out like it's going to be it's going to be those young people from council estates and they're the ones that are going to end up you know i, I said it already but they're, they're the ones that are going to be affected by this and it, it's kind of it's a it's a bit sickening it's a bit kind of like oh no a bit of a world war one kind of buzz or something like it's like calling on these these young people to sort of fight like why you have the political assembly there you have you know do it you're a politician do your job don't ask um you know working class youths and criminal fucking organizations to do your work for you do you know what i mean and like that's that's what they are that's what that's what um loyalist paramilitaries are now like do you know what i mean they're they're not the 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 troubles are over they're mostly involved in drug trafficking arms trafficking i wouldn't be surprised if they were like in all ways linked up with criminal syndicates in the south that kind of thing i like they're the fact that a politician is like appealing to these people is a bit mental like it's a bit like 
uh, I don't know. It, it, it's just a bit mad. Like it's a it's a criminal organization. Do you know what I mean? It's not like yeah, it's the same on both sides. To be honest, I mean, even when you see Republicans kneecapping drug dealers, it's funny how they always do the guy that's got like a few baggies. It's never the fucking kingpins they go after. It's, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it, oh that's that's what all these organizations are in it. Do you know what I mean? Like there like there's no um there's no war. Like there's no reason to have a paramilitary, and these are like people who are like retaining the same like raw kind of military power or like paramilitary power but without any of the actual like objectives or you know they just they have a lot of guns they have a lot of power in their communities they still hold a lot of sway and they can you know get things done uh kind of under the table and you know they, they're they already organized like so they can make a lot of money doing it um and actually like there, there's been a couple of recent videos like even just like uh kind of show a strength videos like of just uh, i think it was the uda or the uvf I'm, i can't remember which one it was but there was essentially like it was a video about 50 or 60 boys like just walking through an estate like on their way to do something like and the police just kind of not knowing what to do like they had like five or six police there like just standing there like that kind of thing and that's sort of like a show of strength or i guess a show of numbers all these masked kind of men walking through an estate and then there's been a couple of kind of attacks against mainly against members of their own community either shootings or or, or beatings or murders or that kind of thing and they're mainly over deaths or deaths or uh what would you call it like just kind of political or not political personal um vendettas or you know someone fucking mounted off to you in the pub yeah or um you know smashing up immigrants houses a lot of the loyalist paramilitaries do now spraying fucking swastikas on the side of them um which is well documented um, I just want to go over again. So it is quite complicated. So let's just to reiterate. So basically, the the loyalist paramilitaries in Northern Ireland have come together and have released a, a statement to Boris Johnson uh, and to, to the Taoiseach in Ireland saying... Um, <laughs> they're saying they don't want the border in the sea, right? That's it, because yeah, that would then separate their part of Northern Ireland or what they see as their part of Northern Ireland from England. That, that's what they're saying, right? And if they, if, if what? Well, I mean, this is really tricky because it's not physical border, right? In the sea, it's not a physical border. So it can't be removed as such. But like what, they wanted to stop using it or what? They want, yeah, they, they, they essentially just, oh, yeah, sorry, I don't ultimately know what they can do. They can hear, yeah. like, like this would have been like if they could have like gone into the future in like 2016 and like recorded all of this stuff and brought it back. This would have been the best remain ad, like, for Brexit. That like, just like what they want is no, like they want they want no border, like they want no difference between the UK and their area, and they can't have a hard border. So the only the only other actual option that they have, like the only option they had, like to, to like get all these things they wanted, would have actually been to not leave the EU, or then the second thing is not to torpedo Theresa May's backstop. They did both of those things, and now they're out and they're upset that they're you know there's this border, but it's not going to go anywhere else. It can't go on the land. There's no hard border. That would that would actually be in violation of the Gulf Friday Agreement. And the United States have said pretty you know firmly that you know they're not going to they're not going to give a trade deal to the UK if that's violated at all. So Boris Johnson isn't going to touch that. He doesn't care. It's only 1.5 million of them, so they're kind of like they're up shit creek without a paddle. And 
they're yeah they're, it, it, it's it's unfortunate it's definitely like i understand where they're coming from they, they've been cut off and it's as you said before it's not the first time that this kind of they've just been neglected the unionist community is 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 often just an afterthought um and now it's now it's gotten to a stage where this is like really threatening their existence kind of because if they're not in the uk and they're unionists you know what i mean and that, that's kind of you're getting you're, they're, they seem to be edging closer to that kind of uh, scenario right and and something that we should we should have mentioned as well or i should have mentioned is um the reason for the the different borders now because of brexit which you already mentioned this but just to be clear again um the reason for the different borders is because of well because of brexit england the the united kingdom is out of the eu ireland is still in the eu so there's two different trade unions right yeah, so like all the goods inside the EU are inside the, or all the goods move around kind of freely. There's not as much, there's no checks, there's no tariffs, there's no none of that shit because they're all in the uh, customs union uh, together. And Britain was in there until this uh, December 20 something, and then they left. And uh, now they're not in it. And this is causing shit now because either you could have this yeah because like the goods now if they come from the uk they have to be checked they have to you know they have to it has to make sure they have to make sure that they line up with eu standards and so and that is quite a bureaucratic process like they have to stop the truck they have to go through you know what have you got in here frozen pizzas okay what are the ingredients we have to go back and look in the system is this all okay that kind of shit and then you're standing there for like seven hours and that's just a like kind of making it seem unappealing but it's also like there is effectively a border there in the sea and the people in the north like the the loyalist unionist community don't want that but the border can't go on the land right and before there wouldn't have been the checks because we were already in the eu so it was already accepted that yeah yeah free trade man what a fucking mess i mean honestly I'm, I'm no fan of the eu at all i think it's quite a corrupt institution but honestly i think for the moment we would have just been better just staying in you know like what a mess if we'd have had a government that would have actually gave a shit about northern ireland like maybe like it would have gone better but the fact that they just seemingly kind of ignored it is, is just madness to me um, what, one thing I'm thinking of, though, that it, that would really, I think, would be more realistic of what would happen if the unionists and the loyalists, uh, paramilitaries, do actually start employing violence again against this. Um, MI5, I think, would just absolutely scoop everybody up because you mentioned that it could scupper the uh, the US trade deal between England, right? Um, there is no way London will give a shit about just getting everyone locked up from the loyalist paramilitaries um, just to stop them messing that up. You know what I mean? And I mean, I think it's fair to say that MI5 are pretty much crawling all over Northern Ireland, have been for a while, right? That could happen. Like they could decide that, you know, this is this is kind of fucking up our, uh, our chances of getting the trade deal or whatever. And they could send in, you know, security forces or intelligence services and, and, and kind of nip this shit in the bud. Or... Uh, they could kind of employ the tactic that they have been so far, which is sort of just kicking the can down the road in terms of like they can leave it there, let it happen, let it get a little bit bad, use it as kind of a bargaining chip against, say, the EU or like a or a propaganda tool against the EU and kind of, or even against the US, say, look, we did what you said, we didn't touch the, you know, the border, 
uh, on the on the land and we we did this and now it's gone to shit anyway so that kind of like I, i'm not sure how like what you said yeah like a, realistically you would expect the government to do like that would be the best response would be to stop <laughs> stop like a like a any sort of terrorism or like paramilitary violence uh using you know whatever apparatus you have there to do that but judging by the kind of weird performance of boris johnson's government i i would be skeptical that they'd take like that kind of direct and approach like especially seeing as he's talking about like you know building tunnels under the sea and that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. like it'd be be surprising if he just had this like very on the ball approach to um domestic terrorism but i suppose you have to wait and see like i i think he i think deep down he's got a deep authoritarian streak to him i almost think he wants to unleash it on some way that will be not too kind of contested in the mainland you know which because honestly if that all happened like no one would give a shit here like no one here most not most but a lot of brits think the island is unified you know like they don't even realize the situation is ongoing still so I, I don't think anyone would turn an eye to it um having said that i've just thought about that i'm going to contradict myself now i guess if they did do that it would actually act as a kind of big recruitment tool for more people, you know, to, to the loyalist paramilitaries. If suddenly dad and brother is arrested, I think a lot of people might go, hang on, what the fuck? Like, you know, okay, we'll join yeah. up now. Potentially, or it could be like a massive kick in the balls, like in terms of like, you know, we're the loyalist paramilitary and all of a sudden we're, you know, enemies of the state and the and opinion of the place that we're loyalists of. <laughs> That kind of thing, it could be a serious like demotivator, like if if it's reacting to you like that. But that's all that's all kind of speculation. Like ultimately, please, guys, they they kind of walk this back. Uh, the DUP need to stop. Um, they really need to stop staring shit in 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 the it, it, like it, like once that genie's out of the bottle, do you know what I mean? Like it's all well and good that the DUP are saying this and saying that and you know saber rattling, but like ultimately they have no control over any of these groups. Um, and once it kind of becomes a t once it gets out of hand, then it's 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 you know, it took 30 years the last time. I'm not saying it's gonna be as bad or, or like it will get as out of hand as it did, but like it took 30 years to stop the last conflict. It took a fucking eight years or four sorry, four years to to do the treaty to like figure it out and they had to completely reorganize the country and stuff like so like kind of advocating for, you know, any sort of return to that situation is a bit like it's just irresponsible and uh, dangerous and stupid and uh, they should they ultimately should stop and kind of take responsibility like just like not even saying that they should like come up with some like cool like genius solution to the whole problem like oh you can't really think of a way to solve it I think they've kind of made their bed and they're sleeping in it in that sense but it, it would be nice to 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 have them not um sort of leading their communities or betraying their communities and, and and kind of just risking violence and because like those port workers as well like the people that are probably going to get targeted like the people who are working in all this customs infrastructure they're not you know they're calling them like eu people they're not from fucking france you know what i mean like they're probably from down the road like they're probably also dup constituents um or you know citizens that they're supposed to represent so like kind of advocating this violence that's going to lead to like any of your constituents getting hurt or any of the people you're supposed to be representing and and i think that i think that what will ultimately happen is is the dup will attempt to do a massive kind of tantrum and just completely crash 
the the Northern Ireland Assembly just like completely stall it and 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 kind of throw all of their toys, even their like legislative ability, just throw it all out of the pram until you know something changes. Well, yeah, like last time they did that, it was very suitable for both sides. Sinn Fein and DUP, like everybody still got paid, <laughs> whilst there was no government convening. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like that took three years to yeah. to stop last time. Like one thing I have read is that certain people from the you just mentioned the people at the port. That I was reading that there are some employees have like quit their jobs already just because they were getting threats and they were like, right, it's not fucking worth it like that alone like that blame alone. them yeah man. no i know right i know but that alone is like fuck fucking it. terrible yeah yeah it's, it's, it's crazy it's absolutely crazy like and it, like I, like i i feel like it's on pretty good authority that those like they are there they are doing they're collecting you know intelligence surveillance targets and they've made it like it's not just in the north as well they, they they've kind of taken this position that uh the government in the south is uh, is a target. Uh, for some reason, they don't mention our current Taoiseach is. Uh, so people who don't know, uh, uh, Ireland's prime minister is Taoiseach. Um, that's the term that we use. Um, but the the current Taoiseach is uh, Michal Martin, and uh, but there's been a lot of kind of threats and graffiti and and anger directed towards the the previous Taoiseach, which was Leo Varadkar, and uh, he's kind of been singled out as sort of a target or an instigator um, for some reason, kind of more so than the new one. Um, and he, yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, uh, but uh, yeah, so like yeah it could yeah it could lead to violence against those people. It could lead to violence against like people in the south. But imagine I'd imagine um, the first people that are going to get it are just the, the people who are clocking in uh, and working at those uh, port kind of installations or the, the customs installations and then it'll just snowball from there into absolute shit if people don't get a handle on it. Yeah, uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, is there anything else uh, you want to mention before we go? Uh, no, I, th I think we covered that pretty well. Like, uh, um, There's no point in like... Yeah, I, I don't want this to be, like, alarmist in any way. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, please, God, nothing does happen because, like, as you said, it might be kind of fun to root for one side or the other from abroad, but it's, it's not fun for the people, you know, that are fucking getting hurt. Like, it's, it's it, there's no need for it to happen. It's a completely, like, mental situation. Like, if you if you had to tell me this was going to happen two years ago, I would tell you were joking. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just it's just really weird. And... Uh, it's it's even worse that you know these politicians are kind of egging it on and you know you'd want them to stop i would echo that as well like we're not saying the war is about to start but you know this is a bad thing um so keep your eyes on it it's like when, when people were asking me what was this a big deal i said eh, it's big and it isn't it is and it isn't you know like it, but it's not good that's for sure but one, one thing that does annoy me like no offense to americans but there are a lot of like you know irish diaspora or third second generation whatever in america I, I saw them online being like, oh, up the rah, the war is started again. And it's like, well, you know, that's all very well to, to kind of cheer like that as if it's a football game. But, you know, burning flesh and brains hanging out of skulls and legs blown off of bodies and that, it's not funny and yeah. it's not ooh-ah, it's, it's, it's fucking horrible. It's not a war in the sense that, like, you know, these two groups of lads are going to turn up and have, like, you know, fucking flags and drums and and stand in front of each other like it's going to be like bombs going off in, sorry no it's not going to be but like what it was previously was bombs going off in like shopping centers 
like you know shit people just getting killed like people getting shot for like their their uh, identity more than like, like there was a lot more civilians getting killed than like it's not a it's not a war like a war war it's like a, a whatever you call it like a insurgency like a it's it's not a clean war like it's urban a, lot of, a lot of people yeah exactly a lot of people get hurt a lot of uh like targets are hit that are like completely civilian targets people that want nothing to do with it it's not yeah it's not funny it's not like um it's not something you should be rooting for really like ideally they'll avoid that they have the political tools in place now that they didn't have the first time around so they have the political tools there to at least you know kind of get past this shit um and hopefully they they use those tools and they do that rather than any sort of return to violence because that would not be fun or cool in any sense yeah definitely um okay adam um where can people find your work i know you have your own publication skag magazine um designer all of that tell tell people where they can you know see your work uh yeah so uh skagmagazine.com is uh it's kind of a news blog or not like a media kind of thing that we have going for like uh kind of independent irish media so if you have any interest in that it's skagmagazine.com s-k-a-g magazine.com and then you can find me on instagram at uh spicebag.exe um uh, yeah that's me brilliant thank you very much mate yeah thanks for having me man That was Adam Doyle, also known as Spice Bag. He was talking about the weird situation in Northern Ireland right now where the loyalists have recently said that they uh, no longer recognise the Good Friday Agreement um, and consequently will start war again if their needs aren't met, or at least that's what they've kind of been saying. Let's keep an eye on it. Hopefully that doesn't happen. If you like what we're doing here at Popular Front, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com slash popularfront. Or if you don't like Patreon, it's a weird buggy platform. You know, I don't blame you. Some people don't like it. Uh, go to popularfront.co slash support. But generally, the Patreon is the best way to get um, benefits for the subscription. So you get... Uh, Bonus episodes, at least two a month, uh, access to the community discord, narrated articles as a whole series, telling people how to be a report without having to go to J school, um, loads of stuff there, definitely check it out, patreon.com slash popular front. This episode was sponsored by Oracle Coffee Shop in Portland, Oregon, USA. They're an independent coffee shop selling only fair trade products. See them at 3875 Southwest Bond Avenue, 97239. The episode's also sponsored by Grind Core House, a pair of independent coffee shops in Philadelphia, USA. One in South, one in West. Check them out on social media at Grind Core House. The episode is also sponsored by Propagandopolis, an outlet selling and informing people about historical conflict propaganda. Get your prints at propagandopolis.com and use the code POPULARFRONT10 for 10% off. Our new documentary, Ghosts of Karabakh, where we've been reporting from the front lines in Nagorno-Karabakh or Artsakh, uh, covering the very tense ceasefire between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Uh, from the Armenian side because um, we weren't allowed to go to Azerbaijan. It's it's an authoritarian country. You can only report how they want you to report. So we only did it from the uh, Armenian side. We only could. 
So if you go to um, youtube.com slash popular front, that is out now. It's doing well. People are sharing it. Thank you all very much. Check it out. Have a look. Um, shout out to Johnny Pickup. He filmed all of that. Really, really good work. It's looking nice. Uh, so yeah, subscribe to us there, youtube.com slash popular front. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash popular front co. Instagram is at popular.front. Uh, the website is www.popularfront.co. You'll see everything there. If you want to follow me, it's uh, at Jake underscore Hanrahan, H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N on social medias. My website is jakehanrahan.com. Check out my work there if you like. Uh, music in this episode, the intro was by Home and the outro was by Sam Black. See his music at, see his music, listen to his music at samblackpf.com. Thank you very much to the high tier Patreons. They are A. Nickel, Manny, Travis Lieberman, Sky Alexander, Cherry, Ben Marshall, Dallas Dunn, Bandit666, MJ, Hey Glitter Vulcan, Meredith Waters, Bethany Swoveland, C. O'Donnell, Adam H., Ryan Barbadillo, Damian Boyd, Larson8669, Bjorn Kirsten, Diamond Steen, Jacob, Michael O'Connor, Taylor Kidd, Zach Picard, Todd Cravens, Alexander, Nicholas Butter, Ron Swanson, JD, Jav, Ian Froese, James Cully, Michael Akakan, Ethan, Fitz Madrid, Joe Watt, Ed Coulthard, Johnny LaFleur, Clayton Taylor, Helen DeGenerate, Mike Barone, Liam Williams, Chris Cusimano, Degenerate Zero Alpha, Giorgio Arani, DR, Trey Nance, Amy R, Rubicon, Frank Austin, Amelia Me, Nawaiz, Christina Rivetti, Freya Northman, Ali Hunter, Moody Al Rashid, Bill Wilson, Andrew Hurley, Vida Provost, Brian McLaughlin, Tom Lochrin, Young Wasabi, Tony Bin, Adam Bergsnyder, JL, Sebastian, Stephen Davila, Anthony Kabarak, Dan Dunham, Fletcher Tate, Chad Walker, Diana Gorbanek, Lawrence Abrahams, Peter McCormick from What Bitcoin Did, Emily Molly, Axel Iverson, Christopher Martin, Ryan Sandercock, and Moritz Zumbal. Thank you all very much. If you want to support us, go to patreon.com/slash popular front, or if you prefer, page. Uh, popularfront.co slash support.